Well, good morning, friends. Uh, great to have you with us, as always. And uh, we're just thankful that you joined this conversation, as many of you have for a number of weeks, even months now. But I wanted to take uh, just a moment to uh, kind of welcome some new friends that we've had. In the last couple of weeks, we've had a number of people start joining in the conversation, either on uh, liking us on Facebook or um, subscribing to or just liking our YouTube video. And it's just really been an encouragement. And I, I don't know for sure why that's taking place. And, but I imagine it has a bit to do with, uh, for a lot of us, the year is, is starting afresh. And, uh, and so you're just looking for the ways to perhaps um, lay a better foundation for 2021 uh, than, than you had in 2020. Uh, and that's not driven because your year was horrible or you did wrong or anything like that. But it's just part of our nature to, to have an optimistic view. And so when you turn to God's Word and any, any source that you might have it, including this one, uh, I'm thankful. And, and I just know that that is where the answers is. And uh, also wanted to mention this week, we, we had, um, so it just forms a really great encouragement here at the Barnabas Bridge, Angie and I. We had some emails and phone calls even from, from folks that have been tuning in for some time. And gosh, it was good to hear from you. And so thank you for all doing that. And so God bless you guys, and we're just glad you're here. And so we'll get started this week. Um, just kind of mention again just a bit that um, last week we began a new series, and uh, it was called Starting Over. And if you were here, it was called Reset. And if you weren't here, you can always go back to the other videos uh, and, and check them out. But our intention um, at doing so with a Reset was that we begin 2021 uh, by stripping away all the distractions that might have been in our life, not just last year, but maybe for many years or for our whole life. Just, just, just strip those distractions away and reset our foundations of going into this new year where they properly should be. And so we hit the reset button of our lives and we attempted to establish God in His sovereignty. Uh, we, you remember we kept saying the first five words of the Bible is, in the beginning God created. That's where God has to be, as the creator and the supreme ruler of all things. We also said that in order to know God and to keep these things at the forefront of our lives, we have to raise the, uh, the, uh, the word of God in, in its supremacy as where it should be as the basis of all of life's importance, understanding, and directions. And so all these things we kind of finished up, was backed up and verified in my, you know, of what I was saying and, and what I believe you were probably uh, believing as well, uh, because you're being led by the Holy Spirit. But we took God's word, not only that, but words of Jesus, God when he stood on this earth, and he said, verified the idea that God is on the throne and the supremacy of God's word when he says that there's no reason to have any concerns in this life, even worries in this life, if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. When we do so, all other things will be given to us as well. So I thought about it this week and I thought, well, you know, if there was kind of like a synopsis of what we spoke about last week, I think it would be that in short, the, the fundamental desire of a Christian's life, then, is, would be to find and forge a deeper understanding of who God is and figure out a way that we can walk in a closer communion with Him. God is the Creator and the Sustainer, and by knowing His Word, 
we are able to draw closer to Him. And so I want to make a note that um, one week in this, this series is going to be five weeks long, and one week is going to kind of build upon the other if it works out right. And today we're going to move from resetting and into reassessing, uh, reassessing our lives. And so that word reassess is kind of like the idea of, of seeing where you've been and, and now where you are, but when you've added new information, like the resetting of last week, God on the throne and His Word as supreme, we add new information, and that will uh, reassess and kind of redirect just a bit of where we're headed. And so in order to find out that, you know, kind of find out where are we, you know, where, what transpired in our life in the past to bring us to today, I want to ask you uh, three questions. And these are your questions to answer to yourself, and, 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 I know, and I hope that you can get there, because really uh, finding out where we are today in order to go where God wants us to tomorrow is, is vitally important, important in our reassessment. And so the first question I have for you is, what was the motivation behind what was your greatest expenditure of last year? What cost you the most last year? And I'm not talking um, directly about financing, and maybe not financing at all. But what took the bulk or the majority of your attention? What, 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 what was it that really took your physical effort uh, in, in almost its entirety? Was there anything? What, what was your greatest investment in your emotional output last year. So whether your investment was your time or your intention, or maybe even your finances, maybe it was physical and maybe it was emotional. What was it last year that really captured those all important parts of who we are and took your attention Think about that. And I hope that you can look back and say, you know what? The overriding issue or theme or problem or maybe even a good thing that really captured and dominated most of my energies last year was this. So that's looking back. Looking forward, my second question is exactly the same, but what is it now that up until this point you've had maybe 10 days to plan your 2021, what is it that you've been thinking about and planning now for this year that will probably end up being your most costly investment? What have you decided that this is where I want to go in 2021 and you started already investing your energies and your finances perhaps and your time and your emotions and all these different kinds of things that's really going to end up being the, the high point or the most pivotal thing of 2021 for you, whether it's just your time or your attention, your finances, a physical investment or an emotional investment. Have you got that one? What was it in 2020? And what have you already started making moves to be your most important investment in 2021? And then the third question most certainly has to be, when God looks at those past investments and now your expected future investments, 
What do you think God has to say about those answers that you've given? What do you think God has to say about how you've spent so much investment and time in the past and now are planning to do the same into the future? Well, we turn to Scripture because we don't have to guess on what God wants in our lives. And we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 22, verse 7, and once again we're going to hear from the king as he walked this earth. And if we said to Jesus, as the man did that day, Lord, what is the most important thing in this life, and where should I funnel all of my energies and all of my resources to, Jesus looked at him and said plainly, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Hmm. <laughs> now I want you to know these questions that I've asked you, I've asked myself. And what I spent most of 2020 looking at, and perhaps what I've already started uh, planning for 2021, and if I use this one scripture as the standard of measurement of what God might view, I think I'm falling a bit short. Because not everything that I did or everything that I planned could fall under the heading, I was strictly loving the Lord my God with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. But I don't know how you did. That's up to you. And admittedly, if this is the assessment of our um, standard of measurement, that in everything we love God with everything that we have, it's a pretty high standard to achieve. Maybe you might think an impossible standard, but let me, let me encourage you with this then, of where we are going with this idea of reassessing, adding new information for where we're going tomorrow. Our lives are really a never-ending storyline of revisions, isn't it? Or revisions to the storyline. And so, it's, so that's why it's so important for us as believers, as God's people, to continuously reassess our lives. And not in a way of what my pocketbook looks like, but am I really falling under the heading of seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness? Is this decision really going to end up looking like, um, I love the Lord my God with everything? It, when I look back at my year, am I going to be able to this time perhaps look back and say, I walked in God's will for this year. And that's what was the most uh, ex ex exhilarating, but really the, what it took all of my energies was trying to please the God and stay within His will. And we can't do that then unless we turn to Him and His Word. And so as we move through the plot of our storyline of our lives, we, we don't know the ending. We don't know the climax. We don't know what's on the next page or the next chapter. And so when we are trying to make these revisions and resetting our courses and reassessing where we are and where we're going without uh, God in our lives, then we just never ever quite get there and we're always just a ship without sails floating around. But when we finally settle down and we put God on the throne of our lives, we hand the manuscript over to him, the author of life. And that's when he starts filling in those pages of our story with his beautiful story 
the intentions that he's had for our lives all along. When we reassess our lives and match it against God and his word, it becomes this never-ending story of God's provision and grace and mercy and love in our lives. That's kind of a long introduction today to get where I'd like to go in Jeremiah chapter 29. But I, I hope it's a helpful foundation for you because it is for me because I've been mauling this stuff over. And I think it's like, well, what does this look like then, God? If I'm reassessing my life according to you, what does that look like? And I think if we turn to Jeremiah chapter 29, we get a front row seat of when God is talking to his people, uh, literally, well, and giving them this information through the prophet Jeremiah and saying, this is what's going on and this is how you get back on track. And so a lot of us would know this chapter quite well because of one of the verses that we're going to get to in just a bit. But I just want to give you just a little bit of a background of where we're at. And that's in verse number one. It kind of gives the understanding. It says, This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Now, what we have going on here is really um, part of this never-ending story of God's people, um, the, uh, really the sad story of God's chosen people. Of Sometimes they were seeking God and, and fully walking in his, his provisions and His bounty and His grace, but many times they just completely turned away. And whenever they did, it just seemed like they, they, they would suffer the consequences. And time after time, it's just this story of one time walking with God and many times walking away from God. And it just never seemed to um, get anywhere. It was one step forward and 50 steps back for these folks, it seemed like. And so what they found themselves now is that Jerusalem had been destroyed and the people, all the, the bright and shining stars of the Israel people were carried off to Babylon and, and, this, and this is the situation or this is the scene of this part of the story. And so we go down to verse number 10 and 11. And this is what it says, and Jeremiah now is, has received a prophecy from God and he says, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promises to you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Now this idea that God is telling them that in 70 years, when that time is completed, I've already written this story, I know the, where it's going, I know what's going to transpire. I will. These are God's promises in the life of His people. This is going to happen. This is a fact. This is what's in the Word. This is what I'm going to do. In verse number 10, we have this clear understanding of God's sovereignty in the lives of all people. He is on the throne. He is in control. But there's also this understanding of a bigger picture, isn't there? Uh, even a, a, a life application that we can put into our own lives. Uh, because we are so much like the people of Israel, are we not? 
So many times we're walking steadily with God and we're, you know, praising Him and everything is just going along fine. And the next thing you know, for some reason or another, we've got off course, right? And sometimes we suffer the consequences. We can even take it into a bigger picture of the ultimate promise of God. That for the people, for His people, those under the shadow of the cross, the promise of eternal life is yet to come. And so we take that even in the idea that no matter what takes place in this, play, in this world, that God has promised that it's going to ultimately turn out. God is sovereign. God is on the throne. God is in control. And so maybe that's why we love the verse number 11. And so many of us have clung on to this. We all know this one by heart. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. We all want that in our lives, and we all want to say, yes, I ascribe to that 100%. We want to think and really know and remember that the Creator God is looking out for us. And so when we hit that reset button of last week, we noted that going forward, we can have complete confidence that God is on the throne, and He loves us without boundaries because of His Son, Jesus Christ. And therefore, we know that, that he has and, and he, he always will be in directing our lives with great care and will supply all things of great importance, just like he spoke in these verses to his people Israel so many, many years ago. And we all want that promise that God has a plan for our lives. But here's the important note that I want to point out today is that throughout Scripture, over and over and over again, we are directed to um, highlight and underline and put stars by and use markers to, to highlight in our, book, in our Bibles that God is sovereign and God is, control, is in control and God loves us and God has a plan for our lives, but always Always, always, Scripture always speaks of our responsibility as, always, as to always be in His will. It is about God's sovereignty. It is about God's control. It is about God's love. But we can never get away from the fact that we bear responsibility of our actions and therefore the consequences of the things of this life. This is the point I really wanted to present to you today. And it's the one that I hope that you wrestle with. And, and, and what is the weight of this idea that if God is sovereign, but I have responsibility, what all, where does this all pan out? And I'll tell you what, it's something that you're really going to have to dig into Scripture and really invest in yourself. Because the story of Israel is the story of us all. Sometimes we are in God's will. Sometimes we walk away from God's will. I don't know. I mean, I know why we do that because at the core we're sinners and we do want to walk away from God. And so therefore we just keep in our mind that if that's my natural tendencies, then it's vitally important that I reassess often. We reassess then with the understanding of God's sovereignty and the scripture saying about man's kind responsibility to his sovereignty. And I think that that's just clearly 
noted here in the next couple of verses that we're going to read from Jeremiah 29, 12 through 14. Now God says that I have a plan for your life. I'm coming to rescue you. And here's the responsibility of us. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Then you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you to exile. I, I, I love that passage. We, 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 we never get, or I shouldn't say never, sometimes we get stuck in verse number 11 and say, God's got this. And we don't move into the scriptures, the, really the action scriptures, the ones that bear the responsibility on us. We're not going to reassess our life if it's all in God's hands in the aspect of saying, hey, whatever happens, God has got control. That's true. But when we turn from our responsibilities, we walk away from the will of God because He expects us fully to use our spirit-filled knowledge and wisdom to uh, walk, the, walk correctly in this life. Look at what it says in those two verses. If we call upon Him, He will be found. If we pray to Him, He will bring us to safety. If we seek Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, then He will take us home, out of captivity, out of darkness, and bring us lovingly to where we belong. I, I think that I'm kind of not getting, uh, cutting this a bit short today, because it's really a lifelong effort on our parts. And so I don't want you to think that you can watch or listen in on this message and then walk away changed because it isn't that way. The same malady that affected the Israel, the people of Israel, is the same one that affects us today. Our likelihood that we're going to get off course. And so we have to set our reassessment with the information that God loves us, is in control but fully expects us to be responsible believers. So I have a scripture I want to leave you with today. And I think it's almost like God is so clear. And, and so it's like, okay, God, tell me, God, how can I stay on the right track? God always says things so succinctly and beautiful. Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. How do you stay on track? Keep away from anything that challenges the supremacy, the sovereignty of God. And so the question that I'll leave you with, another, I'll leave you with the question as we started. In assessing your 2020, would this verse that's on your screen, would that apply and be really descriptive of your year or not? Did anything in 2020 Challenge God in your heart. I'll leave that up to you. Because believe me, I've asked it myself many times in the last few days. But I think for most of us today, however we answer this, 
it's most certainly a good day to reassess what God has placed in our hearts today and where we're going to take it forward. Put God back where he belongs. And that's on the throne. Hunger after his word as the director in our life. And set the course each and every new day with the reassessment of the new word that God has given you. Next week we're going to continue on this series. And so we've already reset last week. Today we're reassessing. And next week we're going to reevaluate. And I have on your screen that we're going to be in Psalm 51. And, and I think we might still be here. So these are the things that you can read ahead, hopefully. Uh, I, I think that we're going to be in Psalm 51. But Angie and I, we started our reading our Bible through the year. And gosh, we spent some time in the, in the scriptures this week. And, and we like to read it together aloud. And we feel like that's a real benefit. And it's iron sharpened iron at our house because my wife is someone who has great biblical knowledge. And so we got into this um, reading of Genesis chapter 3 and Romans chapter 1 and even 2 Corinthians. So uh, mark those down there because I think we might end up there next week in our reevaluation too. I hope you began a Bible reading plan for this year because we can't know God unless we know God's Word. And so I just want to uh, let you know that we're so thankful for you folks. Uh, we pray for you very often and we just... Uh, just covet your prayers and we just get so encouraged by your uh, contacting us and so we're thankful and so god bless you all have a fantastic week in the lord and just put, put remember to put christ on the throne christ is king christ is lord take care everyone bye <music>